Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas. This week we are doing a double feature of Evil Dead Rise and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. First up, director Lee Cronin's Evil Dead Rise. Don't let it take my babies. This one happened to Paul. It happened to us. This evil creates terror through total chaos. All you can do I'm getting this out of here. You'd be a good mom someday, honey bath. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know how to lie to kids. Mom? Mommy's with the maggots now. This is a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Let me just start off by saying I love the Evil Dead franchise. I love the original trilogy. I like the remake. I didn't love it at first. It took me like two rewatches to really like appreciate it because I just wanted you know Bruce Campbell in it. I just wanted the original Evil Ted, and that wasn't what I was getting. It was close. It was, like, almost too close, but different. I don't know. It took me a little bit, but once I watched it again, I enjoyed it. Loved Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Anytime Bruce Campbell gets to play Ash Williams, it's never a bad thing, whether it's video games, movies, whatever. It's just, he's so good at that character, and it's it's so hard to do an Evil Dead without him, but they found a way with Evil Dead Rise, which I thought was a very fun take on the franchise. I mean, it's it's finally away from the cabin in the woods. Uh, what I do like is that the original director, Sam Raimi, and creator of it, has always been a part of it, whether he was directing it or producing it. He's always kind of helped usher them in. And Bruce Campbell's always been a producer on the ones that he didn't even do. And this movie follows Ellie, played by Alyssa Sutherland, and her three children, Bridget, Danny, and Cassie, Gabrielle Eccles, Morgan Davies, and Nell Fisher, all respectively. Then Ellie's sister, Beth, shows up, played by Lily Sullivan. And it's just kind of them in this apartment building. And I thought the change of venue, you could say, the setting not being the cabin in the woods, which has become such a trope in horror movies for such a long time, it was really interesting, and I liked it. The character of Ellie, you don't get a lot of her before, uh, unfortunately, she gets possessed by the, uh, the Deadites because of the Necronomicon. But you get a little bit of her and her family. They seem like kind of a, a more poor family. The teens argue. The little girl wants attention. None of them are annoying, which I really appreciate. And Beth shows up, who's kind of estranged from Ellie. Beth is uh, on the road with bands a lot. Ellie calls her a groupie. That causes a little tension between them. Uh, but before too long, there's like this uh, earthquake or something that kind of shakes the, the grounds. When Bridget and Danny are down in the parking structure... Uh, the ground opens up, and there's clearly a, a room down there, and Danny finds a record and a book, 
something wrapped up. We know what it is. If you've ever seen The Evil Dead or any of them, you kind of know sort of what's coming in this movie. It definitely follows the same uh, structure, I guess you could say. Like, it, it follows it pretty closely. There's not a lot of new things in this. It just does it a little differently. You see earlier in the movie that Danny is like a DJ, and uh, he mixes stuff. And you know when the record's on there, they, he's going to try to mix it. And they open up the little, like, package, the wrapped up whatever it is. And it is a what looks like a leather-bound book. We know it is the dead flesh. And uh, the record, wouldn't you know it, it is uh, like a professor talking about what this book is, what it does, and what happens when the incantations are read. And for some reason, like they always end up doing, the incantations are read on the album. And I I believe Bruce Campbell might actually be the voice on it. The Evil Dead Rise. And you see the whooshing camera shots that goes right into Ellie, who's in the elevator, and the mom, who has just these three kids, and they're a tight-knit little family. Uh, You know what's going to happen. She's possessed by this demon. And then from there, it's pretty much chaos for the family. Uh, Ellie just gets slightly worse. She starts saying like these really dark, messed-up things about wanting to kill everyone. But then, like, she kind of snaps out of it, and she's slowly starting to look worse and worse as the minutes are ticking by. And uh, slowly but surely, she becomes what we know as a deadite. There's no, like, uh, levitating and dancing around. The camp of the original three movies is gone. Uh, It's much more in the vein of the remake. So if you like the remake and the tone and how they dealt with the brutal violence, you'll like this a lot. Uh, And I like this one better than I liked the remake. I don't know if it was just the change of setting or what, uh, but I really liked it. And when Ellie becomes possessed and becomes this dead-eyed version of her, uh, Alyssa Sutherland is so good in this part. She, I think she's kind of become immediately like a legendary horror character. I really feel like that's going to be the case because she's so evil and so mean and says horrible things like the kids. If you're somebody that doesn't like kids in danger, this movie not, might not be for you. Uh, it's two teenagers and a little girl. And the whole time the girl's afraid that she's going to die. And then uh, Beth, again played by Lily Sullivan, kind of has to take over, firmly putting her in the final girl slash Ash position of the movie. More people get possessed. Neighbors. Again, you know if you've ever watched any of the Evil Dead things, not many people from the core group make it towards the end. That's particularly dark when you're considering that a majority of the main characters are youths. It's teenagers and a little girl. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to spoil anything, but not all of them make it out of this movie. And that it, it, it's very uncomfortable when it happens. There is a thing in this, too, and it's with all the Evil Deads. I'm not exactly sure how someone who who has been possessed then transfers it to others. I used to think it was just when they were attacked. There's like one character that gets attacked multiple times and is injured and nothing happens to that person. I don't know if it's like if blood gets on them or like the goo from the possessed person gets on them or that makes them turn or if their wounds get infected with something. I don't know how it works. I've always been curious because it's never totally made sense to me. Like I know Ash turns at some point, but he can turn back like when it's dawn. I don't know how that works, but... There are some pretty, uh, there's some good callbacks to the whole franchise, which I like. There's a chainsaw scene, which works very well. I don't know if it's quite as good as the remake, 
where they use the chainsaw, but it is uh, pretty fantastic. And it, again, just blood splatter everywhere. The gore in this is pretty, it, it can be pretty intense. There's a cheese grater scene that is, uh, ugh, it's, it's not good. I mean, it's good if you like gore and squeamish violence. Like, even I was like, ugh. And I've seen a lot of horror movies that feature stuff like that. It sort of reminded me of Cabin Fever, uh, where the girl is shaving her legs. If you know what I'm talking about, cheese grater is a little bit like that. There's a lot of, like, wincing injuries in this movie and bones cracking, and it's it can be pretty intense, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I love the campiness and silliness of the originals, but I think that's really due to Bruce Campbell and his performance and how he handles it all, um, and the Ash is a total idiot, and that would have felt out of place, I think, in this one. I mean, it can, there are some moments that I, I did chuckle and I did think were funny, especially the, the dark stuff that... Uh, demon ellie says to everyone um but it's really good and I, and I liked the the opening of the movie does have a very familiar feel there is a cabin in the woods moment and how that works into the movie i really liked i'm interested to see where it goes from here if they do more i think they will because this movie did pretty well and it was pretty well received by fans and critics i bought it immediately when it was available digitally. I didn't see it in the theater. I wanted to. It's actually still here. I didn't realize it was still in my town. Otherwise, I probably would have gone to it. But uh, I knew it was an immediate buy for me. I Like I said, I love the whole franchise. I could watch them anytime. They're just super fun. And this one, it's good. It's real moody. It's dark. It's nice to see it not in the woods. I feel like I keep saying that. But it was, it was a fresh take on it. Do I want like a, a multiverse movie that it brings everybody in not really they they kind of they don't allude to it but bruce campbell has said in an interview that there are three necronomicons and that's established in army of darkness and so it's like three different there are three different books within the the series that they've done with the movies and then uh the remake and then this one they're three different books of the dead so you never know they could do something multiverses are pretty popular right now but uh, i'd be excited to see more evil dead I love the franchise. I love that Sam Raimi is still involved, Bruce Campbell. Um, it, it definitely felt like a Sam Raimi movie. He didn't do it. Lee Cronin did a really good job. Uh, so I was I was really happy with that. It made me kind of want to watch Drag Me to Hell, which is not an Evil Dead. It's not in the Evil Dead series, but it could be. Like It definitely feels like it's related. That would be kind of fun if they did a crossover with that. But definitely check it out. If you're into bloody good times, that is what Evil Dead Rise is. And one thing, I, one last thing I'll say is I talked about a couple weeks ago Renfield and how I liked how gory and splattery that movie was. But my problem was a lot of it was digital blood. And when Renfield would get in the situation where all this blood would go all over him, then like the next scene, it was barely there. There's just a little bit on him. This, no, people are drenched in blood. Kids, adults, it's all over the place. And that's what I'm here for. Cannot recommend Evil Dead Rise enough check it out. Alyssa Sutherland will do a lot of good things after this. I can guarantee it. And I think Lily Sullivan was very good as Beth. She's a very good hero. Everybody in this was really good. I like the kids. I, I liked everybody. Watch this movie. It's fun. And the next movie is the latest from Marvel Studios, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, directed once again, and for one last time, James Gunn. I'm going to tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. 
met a girl, fell in love, and that girl died. But then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. I want you all to know that I am grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. <laughs> we were always searching for a family until we found each other. Are you ready for one last ride? fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky I love the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise I I just I know I just said that with the Evil Dead but I I think the Guardians now have the best trilogy of the Marvel heroes I've always liked Guardians for the fact that it, it set itself apart from the rest of it you could watch Guardians and it really didn't matter what the other heroes were doing they were own in their own space world and I thought that was a lot of fun I mean sure they they got involved in Infinity War and that was great I love seeing the Guardians there then they were in the Thor movie and it seemed like it was just there because they had to be which turns out that's exactly what the case was I enjoyed the Christmas special I didn't love the Christmas special Uh, but this one picks up pretty much from where the Christmas special left off so if you haven't seen the Christmas special there's a there's a plot point that is revealed in that between a couple of the characters that is then just blurted out in this one. It's not a huge deal, but it's explained in the Christmas special. Uh, and this one, this Guardians, I knew it was going to be, I mean, they've been talking about it. This is going to be the last of this group of Guardians. And James Gunn's going to DC to handle all everything there. Um, and from the trailers, I, w- I wasn't sure I wanted to see it. Like, I love the first two. They're amazing. Soundtracks are great. This one looked very much like the same, but it also looked very sad because we're getting into Rocket's backstory and don't worry I'm not going to spoil anything but a majority of this movie is Rocket's backstory um there's a lot of flashbacks and you don't get a lot of Rocket Rocket you kind of get him more later in the movie and I I did like the second half more than the first half the first half is very much in in line with the rest of the Marvel series right now this era of Marvel where everybody's dealing with loss and getting over pain and losing someone or losing more than one person. And that just kind of getting burnt out on that. Like, it's kind of hard when your whole phase is there's an overarching theme of getting over loss and, and moving on and stuff like that. But, you know, they're good stories. It's just I don't think every one of them has to be that. But Guardians, it makes sense. I mean, Guardians, Star-Lord is, is dealt with loss since the very beginning. I mean, the, the whole franchise starts with his mom dying. And then he has to deal with Gamora's death. And um, in the very beginning of the movie, 
they're they they're living on nowhere. They've got this own little world. Star Lord's drunk all the time because he can't deal with his life. And out of nowhere, Adam Warlock, who they they teased in the previous two movies, uh, he shows up and fights a lot, like all of them, and like basically beats them all up. Rocket gets potentially fatally wounded, and they can't do anything really to save him because there's an issue with how he was created that they need to go and find this thing to save him. And that's the entire basis of the movie is all of the Guardians going to save Rocket, specifically Star-Lord. He's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not losing him. He's my best friend, which then uh, Drax keeps saying second best friend, which for some reason, every time he said that, I thought that was funny. But in the meantime, Rocket keeps flashing back to his creation. And that is where some of the harder moments come into the movie because it's I mean it's animal cruelty which we've known that was the case with Rocket from the very beginning he would never talk about it you see his body every once in a while with like kind of screws or like ports where he was you know plugged in and he's part machine and doesn't know he's a raccoon I mean you see all of that and he's got friends who are also going through it and it's it's like kind of it's heartwarming with the friends, but the whole time you're like, this can't, this can't go well based on the Rocket character that we met in the first movie, who's a very angry person. He's angry through the entire thing because of reasons, and you know that we're going to find out what that is. We find out that Rocket was created by the High Evolutionary, played by Chuck Woody Uji, and uh, he's a pretty scary villain. I mean, he's just the scientist character that is basically a a god or he's acting like he's a god and he's trying to create like this perfect race this perfect world essentially he liked earth and he wants to make a counter earth is what he calls it and which leads to some some pretty neat things and oh like overall rocket's backstory is it's really tragic and it's really sad and i get why we had to see it like it makes sense but man if i was a kid watching this it would tear me apart but there was movies like that forever. Disney's famous for making movies like that. And you'll you kind of know where certain things are going. And since the trailer, I've been scared that like the Guardians were not going to make it through the movie and that fear lasts through the whole entire movie. Um but everybody does such a good job in these roles. But I w- I will say I was a little the humor in the first half, like when it's not Rocket, it's the regular Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're, you know, I don't really <laughs> Some of the Drax stuff, I'm a little, I'm a little kind of over the Drax humor. There's some of it that I still find funny. I love Mantis, played by Palm Clementief. I think she's great. Nebula, Karen Gillan, who I love from Doctor Who. I've always found Nebula a, just a really awkward character, and they've kind of played into that. But she plays her in such a weird way, and I never thought Nebula would become like a big part, and she is because Gamora is is gone. Zoe Saldana's character, you know, died in. Infinity War, there is another version of Gamora that we met in Endgame who is a Gamora from an earlier time that's that doesn't have the past with these characters and she gets, you know, brought in for reasons based on where she is. It was helpful to get a hold of her and Peter Quill, Star-Lord, Chris Pratt can't handle really seeing her because he's still not over what happened. He doesn't understand why she can't just be with them and be with him. And remember things they're trying to get her to remember, but they she can't because it's not it's not her. It's a different Gamora altogether. 
Um, but they have to go. They do that thing where they have to get a thing to get a thing, which does that always kind of is annoying. But where they have to go, the different places that they land, I loved. There's a planet they have to go to that is part living. It's like a. It's not a planet. It's a. It's like a space station lab place where it's not where Rocket was created. It's part of that company, and it's like there. It's really gross. There's like flesh parts that they have to cut through, and it's gooey and very colorful and very weird sci-fi. Which I that's always the stuff that I've liked the most in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy is when there's this there's this weird sci-fi element. Um, and it had a very kind of '60s look to it, which I've always liked. That's fun. Uh, there's a a section where they go to Counter Earth when they have to get to the the not the final stage but close to the final stage, and the world is made up of creatures like everyday animals that we know that are very humanoid and it looks like earth and there's just these animals that are just up moving around acting human and that has some funny moments to it and i liked the creature design and none of them looked overly cg which was fun i enjoyed that i enjoyed that a lot uh and then you know we get to the 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 final half and i really i really like the second half when we get as close to the original guardians as we can possibly get and they're acting like the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're doing these really good action scenes, and the banter between them isn't just them fighting. Uh, that was nice. I liked that. And there's humor, but it's humor that works with all of them, and they're all united, and I think that's what I liked the most, and that's what felt the best. And the payoff for everybody, whether the characters are living or dying, the payoff from the entire trilogy I think works really, really well. And where they go from here will be interesting if the Guardians pop up here and there because it's not going to be the same roster. Sometimes I feel like they forced certain characters to no longer be there. Their reasons sort of came out of nowhere. But ultimately, I thought it was really, really satisfying. Like, I wasn't sure during the first half. I'm like, God, this is just such a downer. And then the then the fun really starts. When they get to that first space station where they have to get a thing to save Rocket. The guards that are there, Nathan Fillion has a really funny role in that part. Um, it can be a little silly, but it was fun. There's some really good moments with Gamora and Nebula and Star-Lord there, and you get some classic Peter Quill cockiness. And there's a moment where he summarizes the movies, and, and you just hear how ridiculous the whole trilogy is. And it just it worked really well for me. And I thought they did a great job. I thought it was a really good send-off for these characters. And again, I, they could do more with a lot of it, but I don't know where it's going to go. The only thing I didn't really like in the movie was Adam Warlock, the new character played by Will Poulter. I don't know a lot about Adam Warlock from the comics, but I know what we saw wasn't really it. He's a very powerful being. Like, he's very important in the Infinity War. And he's really not that. I mean, they explain why he's not who we should know him to be. But he just pops up throughout the movie in different moments, and it just feels like it doesn't belong in this movie. The way they explain it, it makes sense storyline-wise, but it definitely feels forced at the same time. The whole section with the sections with him and the characters, the bad guys from the last movie, which I, Severin, I think they're called, the Severin, something like that. They just feel like it was an, uh, sort of an obligation to have them in this movie based on the way the last one ended. And I didn't really think it fit all that well. Like, you didn't really need them 
But again, they set it up where that was what was going to happen. And I don't know, everything just seemed a little bit bigger. By the end, when the credits rolled, when the post credit scene happened, I was very happy with what I saw. It was one of my favorite recent Marvel movies, for sure, because I thought it was the most consistent. And I started watching the first movie last night, and I got about halfway through it. They just broke out of prison. Man, I love that movie. I, I think the first Guardians of the Galaxy, it's definitely up there with my favorite of the Marvels. It's it's my favorite of the Guardians movies, specifically. Uh, but this one was really, really good. And I think if you're a fan of the whole series, it really pays off everyone very well. And I was happy with it. I loved the addition of Mantis in the last movie. And her and Drax is like a, a team together. I, I do find that fun. Drax is really dumb still in this one. And they point that out. And Mantis, they don't really know, she doesn't really know where she fits in the group. And Drax gets to a point where he's realizing that they have no faith in him, really. And everybody just kind of gets to that point where they have to figure out who they are in the group and what their importance is. And I, it just, it, it really came together for me. Eventually, it took a little bit. It's a long movie. And I don't know that it necessarily had to be as long as it was. I do think some stuff could be cut, but, you know, it's the final ride for the Guardians, so why not give them a a big send-off? But I definitely recommend the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I can't wait to watch it again. I don't know if I'll see it again in the theater, but I'm definitely going to see it when it's on Disney+. Plus. I've said that for a few of them, and I've yet to rewatch any of the recent Marvel movies that have hit Disney+, Plus, which is saying something about the series as of late. Is it superhero fatigue? That's something that's going on that people are saying a lot online. Like, is that a thing? And eh, maybe, but I just, I think they've been really dreary and not as fun. And this one found a way to have both and have it work, which I appreciated. Because I thought Black Panther, when it was the sad stuff and it was kind of the dreary stuff, I thought that was the best in that movie. And everything else was kind of eh. This one worked on its on its own. And again, I think it's because it doesn't tie into the larger Marvel Universe. It's its own contained thing, which has always been the best part of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and it's got a great soundtrack. So those are two recommendations for me. I loved Evil Dead Rise, and I really loved Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Check them out. They're both in theaters, and one's digital. It's expensive, though, digitally, but it's worth it. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.